the name of Jesus, I come against pride. I bind pride in Jesus' name, and I lose humility in this place. And I thank you, God, for the love of God. So I thank you, God, that we're walking in your love, God. And people know, God, who we belong to. They know that we are your disciples because we love one another. So we thank you and we praise you for that on today. And, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher and our helper today. I thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have a continuation from last Sunday. How about that? Because God is not through yet. God still want to do some things here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. And I believe that what God is doing is on time. Because he's always on time and doing what he know we need to have done. Go with me to St. John, the 11th chapter. And let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto the body of Christ and to his people. St. John, the 11th chapter. And Father, I thank you that everybody's hearts are open for this word on today. St. John, the 11th chapter. And I am going to begin at verse 1 and end at verse 4. And the word of God reads, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. What I want to talk about is prophesying unto your dead situation prophesying unto your dead situation when we see what was going on here we know that Lazarus he was sick and when somebody is sick they're feeble they have something going on and so Mary and Martha sent word unto Jesus and the word that they sent unto him they said the one whom you love is sick so they knew that Jesus loved Lazarus so they wanted him to know what was going on with Lazarus So Jesus, when he heard, this is the part that I like here. It said that when Jesus heard that, see, we got to understand, we're going to hear a lot of stuff in our lifetime, whether it's good or whether it's bad, we're going to hear different things going on around us. But it's how you respond to what's being heard. And Jesus did not respond um, to death. He responded in life. This is why Jesus said this sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God. So the Bible said when Jesus heard, and I think that there's a problem sometime with us Christians, with the saints. When we hear a negative report, we don't respond with life. We don't, sometimes we don't even respond. Sometimes we just pat the person, oh, you're going to be all right. No, that ain't good enough for who you are. See, we got to come... Um, and start walking in who we are in him and the only way you can walk in who you are in him is knowing who you are in him and when you know who you are in him when somebody come with you come to you with a death report what is a death report anything that don't represent life so Jesus knew at this point that this um, report that he was receiving was a death report but Jesus didn't look at death he knew who he was he was about life So when he heard it, he began to respond with words of life. 
And this is what Jesus wants us to do in every given situation. But how can we do that when we really don't know who we are? When you know who you are and who you represent and who's on the inside of you, you don't sit there and receive a negative report. Because God has given you power, resurrection power, that raises the dead to life. So whatever is dead, when you begin to open your mouth with the word of life, you know that that situation have already come to life. You don't sit there in a dead situation and watch things crumble. You begin to speak life to that situation because you know who you are and you know where you're from. So we say we know who we are, but when people say something to us, we don't respond the way Jesus responds. Come on, if we're kingdom kids, we should have the, the same response that he would have. We should not even think death. We should counter-react death with life, which comes through the word of God. There was another instance, and I know y'all are familiar with this. It was Jairus. He his daughter was sick and he was coming unto Jesus and as he was coming to Jesus to go to his daughter, the woman with the issue of blood, she come in front of him. I don't know about you, but if I got a situation and it looked like it's death and I'm coming to the person who represent life and they're going to jump in front of me, there's going to be a fight going on. Come on, let's just be honest. We're just human. You're going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was here first. But we got to know that it's enough of him to go around. So Jairus, she broke in front of Jairus. Y'all know what happened with the woman of issue of blood? She got healed because she didn't look at what was going on with her. She began to say within herself, if I could just touch. See, she wasn't looking at nobody else. She wasn't looking at her circumstance. She said, but if I could just touch the hem of his garment... I shall be made whole. She wasn't worrying about how people perceived her. In order to receive life, you got to look outside of what people think or how people feel about you and say, I come here to get what already belongs to me. So I'm not receiving what they say. I'm receiving what the word is saying unto me. So in that time, they come back to Jairus and told him that don't bother. Don't trouble the master no longer. Because your daughter is dead. The Bible said that when Jesus heard those words, Jesus told him to believe. You know, don't, don't listen to what they're saying. Just have faith and believe. Fear not. Believe only. Your daughter shall be made whole. So Jesus was counter-reacting what the, the negative report that was coming to him through them. See, our problem is when we hear, let me say some of us, because, you know, some people get offended and tell me, that ain't me. I know what I'd be speaking. I'm going to get there too. But anyway, the, the situation that was going on, sometimes we look at situations and we say that we're speaking over those situations, but actually you only supposed to be speaking what you believe in. You just speaking, but you ain't believing what you saying because just because you speak the word, you got to believe the word that you say it in order for the word to take effect because that's when the power of the Holy Ghost come in upon that word because you are believing that word. So this is what he said. He said, fear not, only believe. So Jesus counter-reacted that. And I want y'all to know that the word of God is a seed. It is a seed. And that seed has to be planted. And the ground that it's planted in is your heart. And the enemy know if that seed, which is the word of God, get planted in your heart, 
then it's going to end up coming out of your mouth and it's going to be producing life from that. So what he want to do is snatch the word that you're hearing from you so you cannot believe and receive what God already has for you. So Jesus knew I have to counter react what's being said negatively before that seed get planted. I'm going to counter react and I'm going to speak life upon that. Some of you in here may have gotten a death sentence. It may be in your marriage. It may be in your finances. It may be in your health. Whatever it may be, you have to speak life. You have to tell that situation to be moved. So Jesus always counter reacted those negative situations with the word of God. Sometimes I wonder, I don't know about you, do people really know what being saved is? Because we can say that we're saved, but do you know that you're really saved? Do you know that you're really born again? Do you know that Jesus have really come to live and abide on the inside of you? Remember last week we talked about Jesus is your lifeline. That means a lifeline is something that, or someone or something that you hold on to when you're in trouble or when a situation rise up. So if we're holding on to Jesus, which he is the word, we should know that we're in a safe place. We should know that everything is already taken care of. But you can hold on to a person, but yet you think you're holding on to a person, but eventually you let go of that person and you replace that person with different things. And I don't know about you, but that person can get so far away, it's really hard to connect again. And the Lord has given me another example. You know how you can be around family all the time. And you make a connection with your family. You love to be around your family because that's my family. People say, those are my peeps. That's, that's who I want to be around. But... Someone in that family, they move away, that you've been around for many years. They leave. They're not a part of that family no more, doing what that family does. And then you notice that you're getting further and further and further away from that person. You're losing the connection that you once had. Not saying that they're not your family anymore, but you just don't talk like you used to talk. You don't go places like you used to go. That person is not really the center of your attention no more because you don't replace that person with other things. Can I get a witness? You replace them. So when something go on with that person, it don't hit you like it would hit you before. Now I'm talking, I'm not talking about son, daughter, husband, wife. I'm talking about cousins. I'm talking about aunts. I'm talking about uncles i'm talking about people that you lose connection with your best friend you've been friends all through kindergarten on up to high school and then when you go off to college seem like the connection is not like it was before so it's not a problem if you don't hear from them like you heard from them before because you done made some more connections with other people so things don't affect you the way they used to affect you where am i going when we lose connection with jesus even though he's living and abiding on the inside of us, it is harder for us to make a quick connection to him because we don't put everything before him. So those things have to be moved in order to reconnect to who we was connected to. Even though he's there, I'll give you an example. There's a, a socket that you put stuff in for stuff to play. 
It brings electricity. It gives that power. But if you don't know where that socket is, then you're not going to have power for what you want to put in that socket, right? But when you connect to that socket, you're hearing music, your TV is playing, your DVR is playing. Everything is playing because you connect it to that power. But even when the lights go out, you don't have no connection because you're in darkness, right? So you're trying to make a connection by calling uh, Duke Energy, by calling Four County, by calling whoever you can call to say, I'm in darkness and I need some light and I need to know when you're going to get here. The longer you stay in darkness, I don't know about you, Apostle, you begin to adjust to that darkness. You begin to find ways of living in that darkness because they say it may be three or four days. So you set in your mind, this is what I'm going to do to make it until my lights come on. Come on. Is that what we do? And this is what we do when it comes to him. When we stay in darkness so long, we don't think it's a need to make a connection no more. We don't think that we need to connect the way we used to connect. When you do something outside of his will so long, you think that you're right. And it don't bother you like it would bother somebody else. And somebody else that um, don't do like you do and they're telling you that it's wrong, you look at them like you're too holy. No, you just disconnected yourself. You don't see what they see because you're not in the word of life. And see, the word is what quickens you. The psalmist said in Psalms 119, quicken me, Lord, according to your word. Did you get it? He could not be made alive without the word. And we are born again, but actually some of us are spiritually dead because we ain't made no connection with the word of God. And if you don't make a connection, you're walking around here like a dead person. So this is why when situations come up in your life, you have to have the word of life to speak over that dead situation for you to be quickened, for you to be made alive. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He said, the spirit is what quickens the flesh profit you nothing. So in order for us to speak to our situations, we can't speak according to the way the world speak. We have to speak according to what the words say. We have to speak according to who we are in Christ. We just don't speak like they speak and expect to get from God the things that God have already provided. He said, you're not in alignment with my word. And if you're not in alignment with my word, even though I've given it to you, you can't even partake of it because you're out of alignment. See, some people think that they can roll around in the dirt all day long and get up and begin to speak a word. No, you're covered in filth. You're covered in stuff that you got to remove in order for that light to shine through. And some of us don't see that because we rather be in darkness than we rather be in light. But Jesus began to speak to those situations. And what I love about John, the 11th chapter is the whole time Jesus spoke the word. He spoke life over that situation. He said, this ain't unto death. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. But guess what this man done? Spoke the word. Then he had the audacity to stay in the place two more days. Come on, y'all. He's speaking the word of life. Then he said, you know, he's he going to handle other things. 
And then after he handled other things, he went on and told the disciples, Lazarus is dead. See, Jesus knew who he, wa- who he was. And this is what I want y'all to understand. It does not matter how long that situation been in your life. It could be 20 generations a mess that's been in your life that's coming through your generation it don't matter how long it's been there when you begin to speak life over that situation you don't have to get anxious because you know it's going to be quickened according to the word so Jesus stayed he done what he needed to do but he knew he had already spoke the word He knew who he was. So see, when you know who you are in him and you using what he has given you to use and you know that it worked, you don't have to be anxious to do this or to do that. You're going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He didn't even question God. He just took the word and he put it upon that dead situation. Then the thing was when Jesus showed up, This is the first thing Martha said. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Come on, ain't that some things that we tell the Lord in different situations? But the problem is, what I want everybody to understand is, in Psalms 115, it tells us that the heavens and the heavens are the Lord's. That belong to him. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Y'all think about this. God come down from heaven, which was Jesus, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory. Now, the word took on flesh, so we ain't got no excuse to say Jesus had more than what we have. This is why he done more Um, than we're doing today because he was God no 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 he took on flesh that means the word walked among many situations that was dead but the word knew what to do to bring life to those situations so God he actually come down here to earth because he said guess what I can't be in heaven y'all better get it and operate here on earth he said I got to take a bodily form and I got to come down there and show y'all how it's done on earth so you won't be crying to me up in heaven. Mm. Y'all missing it. Y'all missing it. In that case, Julia, he should have stayed on the throne, baby, and let us just die. But he said, I'm not only going to come down here to walk among you, I'm going to show you how heaven can be on earth. He said, I'm going to show you how you need to operate on earth and change every dead situation and bring it to life. I'm going to show you how it's supposed to be done. So everywhere that Jesus went, he said, I only do basically what heaven is doing. He said, I can only act the way heaven is acting, but I'm bringing heaven to earth. So I'm showing y'all how it's supposed to be here on earth. Look at your neighbor and say, why are you waiting on God? Say he's already here. He's in you. See, if you're born again, the word took on flesh and is dwelling amongst us today. There's no excuse. He's given us what we need. 
We're his temple. So God wants us to take control of what's going down here on earth. What's going on here on earth. So God began to show me something else. He always take me to those old Israelites. Y'all know he bought them out of bondage and they were so happy. What about you? You be doing a little dance. You know, when situations look like they good, when you look like, Teresa, your finances, girl, them finances talking to me. I got a few thou in the bank. Do a little dance. But when them few thou start walking off, you be getting all sad and all disgusted and, and, you know, feeling like I ain't got nothing and all of this. So they were excited because they cried out to God. And when God heard their cry, guess what he had to do, apostle? He had to use somebody to act on his behalf. God said, when I heard you crying, because you were in bondage, he said, I had to send a deliverer. He said, I already had a plan for Moses. Moses didn't even know my plan. He said, so I had to raise Moses up in a place to show him exactly how Egypt was and exactly how his people were living. And he raised Moses up to the point to deliver the people out of a place that Moses was in. So what am I saying to you? Some of y'all had some dead, some stinking situations in your life. And you be crying and saying, Lord, why am I like this? God, why am I going through this? I shouldn't be going through this. I ain't done no wrong. I'm a good person. I want to tell you something. Ain't no one good but him. I'm a good person. I treat everybody nice. Why I have to go through what I'm going through? I'm here to tell you your dad's situation ain't only for you. It's for somebody else to let them know if God brought me out, I know he can bring you out. But I want to tell you how he brought me out. First of all, I had to cry out with my whole heart. See, that's where being born again comes from. When you get tired of being tired, when you get so tired that you know what you've been doing, it don't work. That's when you begin to cry out to the Lord and say, yes, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need some of your grace because I can't do this on my own. So that's where those cries come from, dealing in Egypt. But after they cried, the deliverer come, they brought them out. And on their journey, y'all, they were happy. But one day, they looked up. And they saw the enemy. And when they saw the enemy, fear began to overtake them. And when fear began to overtake you, some of us, not all of us, began to speak death. Because they began to say, didn't we say, you should have left us in Egypt and let us die in Egypt. But you brought us out here, apostle, in this wilderness for all of us to die. But this is what Moses done, and I'm going to have to read it to you. Moses, he's the one that God sent to deliver him. Go to Exodus 14. Look at your neighbor saying, I'm going to learn something today. In Exodus 14, it says this after they began to um, mumber and complain. Verse 13. Now listen at what Moses said unto the people. Now, through all that murmuring and complaining and telling Moses where he should have left, and Moses said in verse 13, and Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold 
your peace. Now, y'all check this out. Moses was counteracting that fear and letting them know, according to the word of God, this is what you need to be doing. So Moses counteracted that, y'all. He spoke to the people, but I love what God told Moses. He said, and the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. I'm going somewhere with that. What do we do? We spend the majority of our time crying out to God. Why God? When God? God, when am I going to have somebody? God, when am I going to have enough money to walk in a place and walk out and don't have to worry about Duke Energy, Verizon, U.S. Cellular, all of this stuff? When am I going to have the freedom like everybody else? And God responds The Holy Spirit's response is going to be speak over your situation. This is what God was telling Moses. Why are you crying to me? When you know who you are in me and you know what you have, why aren't you speaking over that situation instead of whining to me? Didn't I say I gave you keys to the kingdom? Now, why aren't you using those keys? Why are you coming and crying to me? I'm in heaven. I gave you authority on the earth. So why are you whining to me? Help me, Lord. Please help me, Lord. You know I'm in pain, Lord. If you don't help me, Lord, nobody can. Y'all, I've done that for years. But one day, I rose up with my authority. And I began to speak life to the dead situation. And the dead situation was my mind. It seemed like every time I turned around, it was everything just circling around in my mind. Nothing but darkness. When I woke up, it was darkness. Throughout the day, it was darkness. But when I grabbed hold to the light, which is the word of God, and I stayed in the word of God, when those situations came, I began to speak those things that be not as though they were. And all of a sudden, I knew I had the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, what I had to do, I had to bring every thought captive. I couldn't let that thought sit there. See, what we do, we hear them thoughts, but we let them sit there. And the longer they sit there, they're building a fortress in your mind, a stronghold in your mind. And the enemy knows as long as he can get you not to bother that thought and make you think this is the way you should be thinking, he's building blocks in your mind. And if he get that fortress built, it is harder for you to tear it down. It takes longer. But if you bring it captured the moment that you hear it and say, I don't receive that, that's a lie. Because this is what the word of God is saying to me today. I bind you in the name of Jesus. This is who I am now that I'm in Christ Jesus I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus I have life and I have it more abundantly you don't belong here go in the name of Jesus that's not God talking to me that's death and I don't receive death on today I receive the words of life quicken me according to your word but what do we do we whine we complain We began to sit down, or a song is coming to me. Tell him all about your trouble. What is it? Come on, sing it, y'all.
Think about that song. Think about that song, Shirley. I'm talking with Jesus, but I ain't doing nothing that he told me to do. I'm just talking. And I'm feeling kind of good, Sheka, because I'm talking. So I feel like he's hearing me. But guess what? I'm still entertaining death. Instead of say, wait a minute, I done had a talk. Now it's time to take action. So this is why the Holy Spirit is there to remind you this is what you're supposed to be doing. Rise up off your bed of affliction. Because God said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God has already delivered me out of them all. Even though, Phyllis, there's an affliction that tried to come in my life, I'm already delivered. So you can't stay here because he's delivered me out of my affliction. So we got to speak the word. And the more you speak the word over the situation, you live in according to the kingdom, not according to the world. You're supposed to speak life when the world is speaking death. I'm going to tell you what the problem is with the White House. It's us. It's us. Because if the president is messing up, he's going to keep messing up because you're speaking that he's messing up. But when you speak, he has the mind of Christ. Everything that he do, he do it according to Jesus Christ. I admit, some people say he crazy. Yeah, he talk like he crazy. He act like he crazy. But he don't have to be crazy because one day he will begin to say, something told me. Because he got some prayer warriors speaking those things that be not as though he were. As though they were. Come on, as long as we agree. And as long as we're talking instead of putting the word on it, we're going to get what we're saying. It don't matter who's in the seat. People are human. They're going to mess up. I catch myself. One bubble. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit has to correct me. See, this is what I learned when I was in the hospital. This lady would always, Jennifer, remember, that's a warm bubble. And we looking at her like, what in the world is she talking about? So one day I say, look, it's in here. Tell me what you're talking about, warm bubble. Crazy. I said, okay. You ain't never called me crazy, so hallelujah. <laughs> so let me tell you about the word. Y'all, the word is so good. And I'm not telling you something that I don't do. I, I ain't going to say that. I don't get down at times. I'm not going to tell you that pressure don't hit me at times because it does. It's not a day that something don't pop up that I have to speak over those things. And I have to speak life and seem like the more life that you're speaking seem like the more hotter the situation get. But I remember I'll, I'll go out on my porch early in the morning. Some of y'all see me because you be tooting the horn at me. And I'll be trying to figure out who it is. And Brother Tyson, he'll text me back and let me know who it is. I'm like, who is that? Or Jennifer text me and let me know who it is. But I'd be out there about my father's business. Y'all, one day, I was turning it out on that porch. I was on the porch and I was in my word and illumination was coming and it was just ringing and it was a situation that a person was in and I began to speak in tongues and you know forgot all about their situation but as I began to speak in tongues the Lord began to have me to speak over that dead situation and I began to speak every demonic force that's in their way that's hindering them from getting God where you want them to be I speak that it's removed right now in the name of Jesus and I speak that they call them right now today I speak that every 
anything that has been held up for them, it is dismissed right now in the name of Jesus. I speak, I mean, I was just speaking, just speaking. An hour later, the person called us and said, guess what? Someone called me, didn't even know who it was, but it was the right call. And the person who called them was the general manager, y'all. Not somebody that was under them, but the general manager says, is this so-and-so? They say, yeah, this is me. They said, well, I want to tell you something. I got something for you. And they said, something told me. Something told me to look in the computer and your name was the first name I saw. And I want to use you. And I want you to come see me. So they sat down. Oh, come on, somebody. With the general manager. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Y'all, we're missing it. I'm going to tell you how we're missing it. You are still waiting on God to do something that he's already done. You are waiting on man to do something man can't do that's not connected with him. We go to man which is carnally minded. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. So we go into death offices Shirley and we sit down with death and we say death what do you want me to do instead of going to the spirit of life the bible says that a spiritually minded person has life and peace have y'all noticed whatever death tell you to do you do it but you never check with life Just because they have a PhD or DDD or whatever they have, we think that they know everything. You better know who you're sitting in front of. You better know that God sent you to sit you in front of them. Because if you don't, they'll give you something that take you to la-la land. You'll start seeing another dimension reaching for the stars. I got it. That's mine. I've been with Jesus last night. No, you wasn't. You wasn't with Jesus. That narcotic or whatever you got took you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So this is why when you know who you are now that you're in Christ, you don't accept everything the world gives you. Because the Holy Spirit is there to say, uh-uh, no. You reject that. You don't need that. And then you're like, Samuel, yes, Lord, your servant here. So we have to know who we're spending more time with. Whomever you spend time with, that's who you become. I'm going to give you another example Now, we're talking about prophesying to your death situation. We see how Jesus prophesied to death situations, and he was speaking life over those situations. We got to understand that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat what? The fruit thereof. So any time that we're speaking death, we're not receiving life. This is why he said, my son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them. In the midst of thine heart. For they are help unto all of them. To all of those that find them. Is that how that go? 
for their life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For their life unto all those that find them. Do you hear what he said about his words? They are life to all of those that find them and help to all flesh. So that should tell us right then, in order for us to have life, in order for us to have the health that we need, it's through the word of God. The word of God is our medicine, y'all, because we are spiritual beings. The day that you accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you become a spiritual being. Born from above, not born from this earth. So you need to get to know who you are now that you're in Christ and who you belong to. And when you know all of those things, you begin to go renew your mind. How are you going to know? Through renewing your mind. The reason why? I can't be conformed to this world no more. I got to be transformed. I got to be changed by the renewing of my mind. Then I will be able to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for my life. Go through the word of God, and I love this. When God spoke to the prophets, he would tell them, prophesy. I want you to speak forth over this situation. They had to hear God and then speak on his behalf. So I'm going to ask y'all a question. What make you any different? Why are you waiting on God to do something? And he had to relate his word to a man or a woman to speak on his behalf because God is a spirit. So he gave us his spirit on the, y'all guess what? I want y'all to grab hold. Rico, God is in you. The resurrection power is in you. This is why you here today, baby. It's not because of what man done. It's because of who was in you. It was because of who God had praying for you the right way. Not people saying, please, please, please. Y'all know that song. Please. No, it was for those that took their authority. Because I'm going to tell you something. When I pray for people, I just don't speak just to speak. I say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to say over this situation. Because I don't know what's going on. But you know what's going on. And soon as I said that, God said, speak this over Rico. Though the waters try to come in and overtake you. Though the fire, oh, he had me to speak that scripture. I was satisfied. Oh, so satisfied and blessed sister uh, Denise Hart. She would keep me informed and say, this is what they say. And I said, uh-huh. I said, I see Rico sitting up. I said, Rico is doing fine. I said, I don't care what they're saying. Rico's already the healed of the Lord. Rico's up singing. Rico's up doing what Rico need to do. I would counteract what I was hearing. Soon as I get off the phone, the devil would say, I said, I don't want to hear that. That's not what the word of God says. Come here, Rico. See, it's a lot of people that say they pray. But you got to know what to pray. Who y'all looking at right now? Who it look like? Who it look like? What Rico doing right now? She's walking. She's talking. She's singing. She's about her father's business. See, that's why Jesus let his mother and father know. Didn't you know I was about my father's business? See, she's about her father's business. And some people try to say, it was because we prayed. What did you pray? How can you pray over a person and you don't even spend time with Elohim? 
can you send out a prayer to somebody and you spending so much time on Facebook smiling and profiling and all of a sudden, Lord, it's me. Just that quick, done turned it off and done turned on to Jesus. I prayed for you, Sister Rita. And God told me, girl, that you were going to be all right. And you all right, sister. Thank you, God. God is good all the time. He is so good. And guess what? She's going to astound the nations. Because see, when God really let her testify, when God really bring it together for Rico, Rico going to know I was at death door but because of the light I'm here today because I had to grab hold to the light because God say baby it ain't your time it ain't yet your time I have some more work that I want you to do but I want people to know I am God and God alone see sometimes man they tell you call everybody in call them in if you want to see them you better come now Come on, you better come now. You better come now. You might not see them later. Come on, gather them in. And this is what the family do. Come here, baby. Come here, come here, come here. Oh, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, baby, pray like you never prayed before. Come in there hollering and, and crying. And I loved her. Lord, I loved her. Like she already gone. I remember when we sister Phyllis used to go shopping together. Me and her all the time. And I remember when, when, when her husband used to cook us some good. You are a thought. Not, no, forgive me for that. Cause <laughs> Rico, listen. You know, that's what we use, but they turned it around some other kind of way. You married woman. <laughs> God is so good. He's so good, Rico. But see, that's what people do. They already dismiss you. They already put you out there and leave you like you. They already make funeral arrangements, girl. They want to know if you had life insurance. Cliff should have said, yes, yeah, she got plenty of it from heaven. And we don't need to use it for that now. She's fully covered. The price has already been paid. And what we got, we can give you some of it if you want it. Because the life insurance that we have, it paid for everybody. And we can give out that. You don't have to be on no list. Look at her today. Look at God. See, people tend to forget This is what I'm telling you today. What are you saying over your situation? Are you saying something just to say you said it? Are you saying what the Holy Spirit is telling you to say? See, you only speak what he's telling you to speak. And when you speak what he's telling you to speak, guess what? It's bringing that life. Because you're hearing what he's saying. Remember, Ezekiel was taken in the spirit 
to the valley of dry bones. When he was taken in the spirit to the valley of dry bones, the Bible said the hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel. The difference between Ezekiel and us today is the spirit had to come upon him to do a work. But Rico, you have the spirit of God in you. The Holy Spirit is there. And then he comes upon you to do what he needed to do. Ezekiel didn't have what we have today. So God took and took him in the spirit and he showed him the dry bones. He said, walk around them, Ezekiel. I want you to see these dry bones. Can these bones live? I love his answer. Only you know God. That was the right answer. Because God said, you know I know all things. So I'm going to give you what needs to be said over these dry bones. He said, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy. Prophesy means to speak forth. And you're speaking forth through divine inspiration. You're not speaking forth just to speak. Y'all, I'm telling you, you can speak the word, but it's not coming through the Holy Ghost. It's just coming through your flesh. It's coming through head knowledge. It's coming through what you think. But when you speak the word according to what the Holy Spirit is doing with the power of him upon that word, it is moving that situation. So God told him what to say. Y'all get it? He said it. And them dry bones came up as a mighty army. God wanted him to see that dead situation. Can I tell y'all something? If we never, Rico, go through something in our life. Now, he don't want us to go through sickness because he done away with it. But sometimes we can get ourselves in situations that we do go through stuff. But God is still on the scene because he's in you. And when you begin to connect to who's in you see people don't understand even when you can't open your mouth you can make a connection with who's in you you can have a talk with Jesus you can know why you talking to him that everything is all right see that's why when a person is in a hospital or a person is going through you don't be around their bed telling them what they said you be around their bed saying this is what God said to you today how do I know Cause come in, Daquan. Lay right there for me. Yes. There was Peter, and there was John. They were apostles. Now they already been with Jesus. They walked with him. They talked with him. Jesus trained them. So they were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. This is what we miss. Are we the temple? We should be in prayer, right? They were on their way to the temple to commune with God. This is what they did. And when they were going, they saw a lean man. They had the audacity. This is what people do. They laid him at the gate of the temple. Y'all know what people do. They bring him to church to get what they want. Right? They, they bring him to church when they need light bill money or when they need cable money, when they need all this kind of money. That's when they come to the church, Right? So Peter and John was sitting there and the lean man was wanting some silver and gold. And Peter looked at the man and said, silver and gold, have I not? But such as I have, do you know what you got? He said, such as I have, I give unto thee. You know why Peter said that? Because when he, when they were sent out, he said, freely you give. Because freely you have received. What did he receive? He received power. 
He received the power to heal. He received the power to deliver. He received the power to set the captives free. So Peter said, I'm going to walk past this lame man and I have something where this man can rise up and, and walk. So Peter asked him for his right hand. Upside. You, you like me? <laughs> rise up. Just going to get up. <laughs> so he told him to rise up and walk. Guess what? The man wasn't the same no more, y'all. Because he gave him something out of the ordinary. He gave him something that he wasn't looking for. See, it's easy to give somebody money, but money don't solve what he really needed. Because now that he can rise up and walk, he can work so he can eat, darling. So he gave him actually what he needs. What do we do? I'm going to pay your light bill for you this time. But we never tell them, Rico, about Jesus. I can pay your light bill this time, but when it's due the next time, what you going to do? See, it's easy to give somebody some money and send them on their way and feel like you've done something. But we as the saints of God have to give them what was given unto us, power that comes through the Holy Ghost that will raise up those dead situations that will speak life over your situation. Let's talk about why you owe in a light bill every month. They don't want to talk about it. So we have to speak what? Speak life. Is that what Peter did? But guess what he said though? Thank you, Holy Ghost. He said, look on us he couldn't pay attention to what was going on around him so you got to look on the one that have what you need Rico so their focus had to be on Peter so Peter said look on us I bet the man was saying I'm getting ready to get some money I'm getting ready to get some money but Peter said silver and gold man I have I none <laughs> so I guess that just turned him off <laughs> but he had to pay attention you can't lose focus you can't let go of the lifeline. This is why you have to stay in the word of life. And when you're in the word of life, when situations come up, there's a bubbling forth that begins to bubble from within. That's coming from the king of kings. And let me tell you how this bubbling start. Y'all know Jesus is the word, right? Jesus is connect to the father. So the father sent it to the word and the word sent it to the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit sent it to you. And then it comes forth out of your mouth. And you know that situation has been brought to life. Thank you, Daquan. Thank you, Rico. So this is what I'm saying, y'all. You have to speak life. Over those dead situations. I'm getting ready to wrap it up. I'm still in John the 11th chapter. John the 11th chapter. Let me tell you what else happened. Two of them were in agreement. Mary and Martha. Martha said. Lord if you had been here. My brother wouldn't have died. So y'all know Jesus told him who she was. I'm the resurrection and the life. You know he who believed in me yet he was dead. He shall live right. Is that what Jesus said? He got to old Mary. Guess what Mary said? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So you know they had to be doing some talking before he got there, right? They had to been doing some whining to each other. Yeah, if Jesus was here, our brother wouldn't be dead. Yes, yes, he wouldn't be dead. Anyway, Jesus got there. And the word of God says in verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, y'all back then it was... Um, normal 
when people die for everybody to weep, <laughs> for everybody to come and just mourn with them. And he said, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Jesus was groaning because much have, as Jesus had done, even around those people, he was troubled. And then they said this, and they said, and he said, where have you laid him? They said it to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus wept because of their unbelief. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. <laughs> now, I want y'all to understand verse 38. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning himself, come, come, come to the grave. It was a cave and a stone was laid upon it. It was a dark place. And there was a stone in front of that cage, in front of that cave. Now, this is what Jesus said. And I want y'all to catch this. Well, before Jesus, he, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. And this is what God began to show me. In order for you to prophesy over your dead situations, to be in the place that Jesus was already in, you got to move these stones in your life. Now, when we look at a stone, a stone ain't formed into a stone overnight. It's made from different materials from the earth, so it has to take time to form. It's things that are in your life that took time to form over the years and it has hardened your heart. It has formed actually strongholds because you've been more sensitive to those things than you are to the word of God. So Jesus said the first thing that got to happen, the stone has to be removed. If you got any stones in your life, they have to be removed in order for you to speak forth in faith the word of God. Stones in your life can be unforgiveness, it can be offense, it can be certain things that you're doing that you know that you should not be doing, that you have become comfortable with. It could be people that you're hanging around that's pulling you away from God. And I want y'all to understand this. You cannot be around folk that ain't around Jesus. They can be born again, but they're not in a place with him no more. And if they're not in that place, they want you to be in the place that they're in because they think what they're doing is normal. So what they're going to do, they're going to pull you out of your place to get into place with them. And the more you associate with them, the more you become disconnected to the lifeline. And when you become disconnected to that lifeline, you don't see no more the way you used to see. And when do you begin seeing when it's too late? When you get in a situation that you know you should not have been in, but it's too late because you disconnected yourself. So anything in your life that's not bringing you light, that's representing darkness, you building a stone. So you need to let go of those things. You need to say, Holy Spirit, search me. And if there's anything in me that is not representing who I am now that I'm in him, Show me. And when you do that with your whole hearts, things will be popping up out the woodwork. Because see, sometimes we can be in darkness and we don't recognize light. And sometimes we can be accuser of other people, but actually it could be something that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing that's adding to what we think they should be doing. So this is what I do. Me and my husband had a situation and we was talking about the situation. Something had occurred. And y'all, as we was talking about the situation, I couldn't lay there in the bed. It was dealing with something years ago, and I said, I got up out the bed, and I began to pray. And I said, Holy Spirit, if I'd done anything to cause people to feel this way or that way, 
show me me. If I had done anything to put a person in a position for them to feel any kind of way they shouldn't be feeling, show me me. Because sometimes we can think we're so right, but we could be wrong. And that's why we have to do a daily check of ourselves. If you don't check on you sometime, you're going to think it's everybody else. Ain't nobody in this room picture perfect except in your spirit. That's the only place that you're picture perfect is in your spirit. So if you don't line up with your spirit through renewing your mind, then you're going to think it's everybody's fault except yours. And what they're talking about, that ain't me. We always say, that ain't me, that ain't me. I ain't done nothing. I don't understand. Well, if you know you ain't done nothing, quit trying to figure it out. Know that it's already been worked out. So we have to search ourselves. We have to examine ourselves to see if we're in that place that we need to be with God. Because when we miss us, we're going to miss everything else around us. Because God can't show us nothing until we move those stones, y'all. So we have to remove the stones. So the first thing he said, he said, remove the stone. And I'm going to ask you today, are you willing to remove those stones? Some of us know what they are. Some of us know. Some of us have been hurt throughout the years and the hurt has been so bad that we have built a wall and that wall comes through our way of thinking and what we say through the years remember death and life is in the power of the tongue nobody will ever hurt me again and the reason why I know they won't because they ain't going to get but so close to me I ain't going to let my guards down no more. I'm not going to do this no more. I'm not going to do that. So you're basing your life on you and not on who you are in Christ. These are saved folks. So you put a blocker there because you're blocking everybody out. You're amongst them, but you don't let them get but so close. And you know those type of people because they get very offensive. When you ask them certain things, they get so offensive because of that wall and they begin to say, why you ask me that? I just want to know. What made you ask me that? Do you think I'm like that? That's offense. That's a wall that was built. So that's why we search ourselves. So he said, remove the stone. And then he said, Martha said, the sister of him, now listen at this that was dead said unto him lord by this time he stink <laughs> for he had been dead for four days is that not us come on we we coming out with stuff because the situation looks so dead oh ain't no help for that just give up and die just go on be with your maker just go on give up and die see this is what she was saying now after she knew after she had a talk with jesus said whatever you ask the father i know he'll do it then she come back and say, he's been dead for four days. He stink. All of us in here got some stinking situations somewhere. And it's been there for a long time. Those are the things we got to remove. But guess where life come in at again? This is what Jesus said. Said I not unto thee that if thou would believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. He reminded her of what he told her before. He did not go on what she was saying. He was still speaking life. So I want to ask you, 
Are you prophesying over your dead situation? Are you speaking forth life? Are you speaking forth the word of God? Or are you just allowing that dead situation to live with you? To lay down with you? To wake up with you? To roam around with you throughout the day? Some of us are carrying dead situations everywhere we go. And we're trying to get people to connect with those dead situations. How do I know? When people mumber and complain all the time, that's a dead situation. That's death. It's up to us to speak life in the midst of that grumbling and complaining. It's up to us to tell them what the word is saying. We don't go outside the word. We speak to that situation. And as we speak to that situation, we do like Jesus told them. You have to speak unto that mountain. You have to say unto that mountain. You don't speak unto God about that mountain. You speak to that mountain because God has given you power to, to remove that situation. You got to use your power. You got to use your authority. So you speak those things that be not as though they were. Another thing we talked about, you got to remove the stone first. Whatever's in your life that's keeping you from speaking forth, what need to be spoken forth, that need to be removed. You need to search yourself. Also, when dead situations are being spoken, once you search yourself, you can speak forth life. But this is what I love that was spoken in Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 2, it says, 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but by holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So you got to be moved by the Holy Ghost before you just go speak. And you know when you're moved by the Holy Ghost because you're fluent with it. You ain't worrying about thinking about this, that, or no, uh, any other thing. It just comes out because you're moved by the Holy Ghost. And as you move by the Holy Ghost, you know you done put life upon that dead situation. Don't move on that just in yourself. You move as the Holy Ghost have you to move and as the Holy Ghost have you to speak over those situations. I can speak. May God supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's my decoration. I'm decreeing and I'm declaring that thing. But when it truly becomes a part of me, I'm so free. I'm so fluent in that thing that when my bills don't look like they're right and I know I'm doing what the word of God tell me to do, I begin to bubble forth. I begin to prophesy over that situation. Say, oh, I ain't no lack in this house. Lack, you get up and go right now. You don't, how in the world did you get in this house? What made you think you can roll up up in here? Not roll out of here. I don't have lack. The Bible say I have abundance. I have more than enough to do what need to be done. And let me tell you why, y'all, because he is my shepherd. And the Bible tell me I shall not want because he is my shepherd. And if I know that he is my shepherd, I can lay down in green pastures because he is my shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. He shows me what need to be shown unto me. And I know that all grace have abound towards me. And if grace have abound towards me, Jennifer, he has given me all sufficiency for all things. And for everything I need, he gives me beyond, Athea, because grace have abound. And when you know that, you can turn around and say, Sister Phyllis, now I'm a lender and not a borrower. 
Now I'm above and I'm not beneath. Now I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the fields. I'm blessed in the fruit of my womb. Everything that these hands touch is blessed. He has given me power to get wealth. So everywhere I go, Tyson Jr., the favor of the Lord surrounds me like a shield. When I wake up in the morning, I have favor. When I walk through the day, I have favor. When I go to sleep at night, I have favor. Because God said, beloved I want you to prosper and be in good health even as your soul shall prosper my soul is prospering so I'm in good health and I'm prosperous because I'm in him and he's in me it's no longer I that live but it's Christ that lives on the inside of me and because I give it has to be given back to me good measures pressed down running over shaken together shall men and women and children give unto my bosom because the measure I have given it is given back to me because I give God the substance of my first fruits Jennifer and my barns are filled with plenty and my that's verse 4 with new wine my house always have substance in it I have prospered That's the word. So I have to live by that word. I have to walk that word. I have to decree that word. So when money start acting funny, oh no, my bank account has money in it. You speak it. You speak it. You got to rise up. You got to begin to speak it. And guess what? Joy begin to fill your soul. And you begin to honor God. See, if you find a stingy person, that's because they don't know that he's their shepherd. Anybody that's stingy and hold back, you forget who you belong to. But you always do what the word, word tells you to do outside of what you have. That's when you know you're a part of the kingdom. And you do what the kingdom tells you to do. When we follow his plan, y'all, we will always succeed. That's why he told Joshua, I want you to meditate on this word day and night. He said, that's the only way you're going to prosper and have good success. Not only meditating, but you got to observe to do according to all that's written therein. So that means when he's observing to do and he's meditating, it's coming out of his mouth and he's prospering. How do you think Abraham prospered? He done what the word told him to do. So he had more than enough to do what needed to be done. It don't matter what happened in Abraham's life. He always had substance. And whoever was hanging with Abraham had substance. I was on that porch. I said, God, I'm a seed of Abraham. I said, I have everything your words say that I have, even more. Y'all, I don't want just enough. I want overflow because he told me that the overflow is to help somebody else. It ain't for me. That's what he says. He had made grace about what? see that didn't he say abound to every good work this is what the, the, the kingdom of God is supposed to be doing we don't supposed to be like the world we supposed to say oh we got this because we know who we serve this right here is already done it's already built money I see why Leroy Thompson said money cometh to me he ain't said nothing about the congregation did it and that congregation heard that word and it started throwing money 
up here because he said it. He meant what he said. He was seeing them bills thrown on that. Let me try. I got to visualize it first. Money coming to me. See, that was just me. Y'all ain't even move. To me, I have abundance and no lack. Oh, Jesus, I feel it coming. Overflow. (laughs) Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't God good all the time? And all the time, God is good, y'all. He's good. He knows everything, y'all, that we need. He's a God of more. Look at that, y'all. Money coming to me. Look at Jesus. We give God glory. See, you speak a thing, and there it is right there. We thank God for that. Look at that. We give God glory. Now, just don't do it because somebody else is doing it. Do it because you feel it in your heart. God is so good, isn't he? Now, this is what, this is what people start saying. Now they're throwing money on the pulpit for. Y'all, everything we have belongs to Jesus, right? Your, your foot is healed in Jesus' name. We rebuke pain. Prophesy over that foot, girl. Prophesy. Be healed. Look, she, she prophesied in pain. Your foot is healed in Jesus' name. Now, this is what we're going to do today, y'all. Y'all heard the message, right? We all belong to the kingdom up in here, right? Do you believe it? Now, you don't have to wait on me. We're going to prophesy to our dead situations in this house. And as we prophesy, we prophesy on what's bubbling forth that's going to come out of us. Everybody know their situations. You know what you've been going through. And you should have a word that connects you to the spirit which is in you, right? So we're going to prophesy. And this is what I want Miracle Temple to start doing. Quit looking at someone to do it for you and start prophesying and as you begin to prophesy y'all you will see things change in your life now before we do this I'm gonna let Apostle Cross tell you how she been prophesying and how things have changed do you mind I want I want her to the uh brother Willie can you hand her that mic God is so good y'all I'm telling you this word works Well, I just want you to know that every day when I go to work, well, let me back up. They moved my shift to uh, 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. because I refused to work on Sundays. So they thought they were going to put me in the worst shift. Now, that shift is like the most unproductive shift. So I get off from work at 1 a.m. And um, to make a long story short, they put me on the shift where 